Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, what's up? Welcome to City Hills Church Online. For those of you who maybe this is the first time you've ever experienced church online, welcome. I know probably for you it feels a little weird because many of you who are in our church, uh, it's been a long time since you've been in church or maybe you've never been a part of church. And so this is kind of a foreign concept for you. But I just want to let you know that, man, there are thousands of churches every single week that have this uh, available. And I've been a part of some really amazing churches who have used it. And so while it isn't exactly how we wish we could meet, we wish we could be together, uh, man, it's such a great Uh, just a beautiful thing that we get to meet still and be able to share with each other and be able to have uh, this moment together. And so uh, this week, actually, Lauren was supposed to be sharing with you guys. And uh, as we had to switch over to this online platform, I just felt like the Lord really gave me a message for you guys, and she'll she'll be speaking and sharing next week. And I'm I'm super stoked about that. And uh, you're you're gonna love that. But I really felt like God gave me something for you. Um, this week specifically. And uh, the message is basically, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here in all of the craziness that's happening? And you're sitting in your living room and you're trying to figure out what it is that, that you're supposed to be doing because maybe all week long you've had the kids in your house just like we have and and you're trying to keep them as active as possible and you're just trying to figure out what to do and you're just navigating life and, and finances look completely different and jobs and work looks different and we're all just kind of in the season of going, what is going on? And if we're honest with one another, there's not a whole lot of peace there's not a whole lot of calm around us. And, and I felt like God really reminded me of what we've been studying in Joseph's life, that, that he had an opportunity to panic. He had an opportunity to freak out. He had an opportunity to allow the chaos around him to completely overwhelm him. But what we saw was Joseph living this life with this overwhelming confidence that God was with him and that God had a purpose in every season of his life. And I felt like God wanted me to continue on this this series with you guys and show you what happened after what we saw last week and also see a warning for us if we're not careful in these seasons of how things can kind of go offline. And so I'm, I'm really excited to be sharing with you but the challenge as we jump in today is, is to ask yourself, how would your life right now, in this moment, in this current world that we're walking through, how different would it look if we were confident that God was with us and had a purpose for this season? As we jump back into the story We've seen Joseph as now the vice president of Egypt, and he's leading through these years of plenty, and he's, he's navigating now through the years of, of famine, and, and he has this incredible opportunity where his brothers are, are back in front of him. 
the brothers who threw him in a pit, they, they sold him into slavery. His brothers are there, and instead of revenge, Joseph offers forgiveness. And so we jump back into the story in, in Genesis 50. If you want to grab your Bibles, you want to turn there with us, or, or uh, your YouVersion app, we'd love for you to read along with us. In verse 14, it says, After burying Jacob, Jacob is Joseph's father, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. They started to freak out. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. They made this up. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did you. Forgive them for their sins and treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sins. And what they were doing is they were trying to manipulate this situation in their favor because they thought, well, maybe Joseph forgave us because dad was still alive. Maybe, maybe Joseph just gave us grace because he didn't want to upset dad and he didn't want to do all that. Now that dad's gone, maybe he's, now he's going to use his might to destroy us. But look at Joseph in, in verse 17. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and they threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, and this is so important, don't miss this. He said, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? Now listen, this is an important thing. He had the authority to punish them. Like we knew that from last week as we saw. But Joseph presents this incredible question, am I God? In other words, should I play the role of God? And this is important for us because when we hold on to unforgiveness, we play the part of God. At least we try to. Because what happens is when we refuse to forgive, when we refuse to let go of those things that have hurt us, those things that have just been those moments in our life, or forgive those people, or forgive those situations, or maybe even forgive ourselves, when we hold on to it, what we essentially do is that we push God off of the throne, and we sit down, and we try to pretend to be judge. And maybe for some of you, you are walking through some things in your life, and that's, that's the role you've been hoping to play. I want to be the judge. I want to dole out punishments. I want them to pay for what they did to me. I want them to experience the pain that I experienced. And Joseph would remind you, hey, we're not God. Because the reality is you and I, we're not equipped to sit in that seat. We're not equipped to be the judge. We're not equipped to to go around in in our emotions and in our flaws and our own brokenness. We are not the ones who need to be doling out punishments to people. God challenges us to forgive and allow him to be the one sitting on the throne. Allow him to be the one who is in control. Why? Check this out. Verse 20, Joseph says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. And he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. Don't, don't miss that, guys. In this, in this trying season that we're walking through, 
those things that were meant to harm us, God will use for good. Think about it. Just think about it. In Joseph's life, that pit that he was thrown into, the beginning of the darkness in his life, the beginning of the struggle, the moment where he's down in the bottom of a well looking up going, my brothers hate me so much that they're willing to kill me and throw me into a pit. That darkness, maybe you face that same darkness in your life. Think about that moment when he's in slavery and he's stuck in a life that he never intended to be in and is absolutely as far from what he wanted to do, but he's trying to do it to the very best of his ability. And for some of you, you just feel stuck where you are. You feel stuck in your life. You feel stuck in your job, feel stuck in so many different places. Think about Joseph's life when, when he stars in the episode of Desperate Housewives of Egypt and he's being chased around by a cougar and he's dealing with those distractions and he's dealing with those temptations in his life. And he's trying to live above reproach and he's trying to do everything that he can in his power to honor God. And even in the midst of that, he's accused of rape and he's thrown into prison. And, and that prison maybe for you represents that waiting season before something. And you're just sitting there waiting and praying, God, when are you going to show up? God, when are you going to do something? God, where are you in this situation? And Joseph is there in the midst of all this, just hoping and praying, maybe the cupbearer will remember my name. Maybe the cupbearer will share my story with Pharaoh. And maybe one day I'll get out of this prison that I have no business being in anyway. And Joseph speaking to his brother said, all of that bad, all of that harm led to me standing before you. Now, what you meant for harm, God used for good. And, and, and I thought about you guys, man, as I was reading that and remembering those things, I thought about you guys and, and all that you were walking in before we went into this crisis as a as a country and as a world for some of you your marriages were already in a rocky place and they were challenging and you didn't know how to navigate through that and you were struggling and you're hoping to be able to to work through it and for some of you financially before all of this happened you are already on the edge of catastrophe and you're like god if you don't show up i don't know what we're going to do and and now you're navigating the possibility of being laid off or having been laid off and figuring out what your job is going to look like in the middle of this and, and on the other side of this. For some of you, you've been praying, God, what is my purpose in this season? And now you feel like all of life has just been hit on pause. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? And what we have to remember and understand is that God never wastes a pain. God never wastes a challenge in our life. God, in the midst of all of this, is simply waiting for us to say, hey, God, I trust you. I trust you enough to obey and do what it is that you've called me to do and, and do what it is and live the way that you want me to live. God, I will do what you're asking me to do even when things don't look how I want them to. You know, over the, the last few days, I've seen countless posts about faith and courage. And I just wanted to, to remind you that faith is not the absence of fear. Faith isn't being this fearless person that nothing phases you. 
Faith isn't the absence of doubts or questions or concerns. Faith isn't bravado walking around saying, God is in control. I feel like he's going to, this is all done. Yes, God is in control, but faith isn't that bravado. Faith is when we obey and take those simple steps of obedience when everything within us wants to give up. Faith doesn't always have to be loud. Faith sometimes is as simple as you saying, God, I don't know where to go from here. God, I don't know how we're going to make it through this. God, our finances are, you know where they are. God, you know where our marriage was. You know where our our kids are. You know the family situation we're walking through. You know all of the things that are going on. God, I don't know how to make it through this, but God, man, you've, you've been challenging me to take some small steps of faith. And you know what? Even in the midst of all of this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to use the time that I have to step a little bit closer to the purpose that you've given me. That's faith. That's faith. And I want to challenge you and remind you that God honors those small steps of obedience. So back in the story in verse 22 Joseph and his brothers and their family continued to live in Egypt, and Joseph lived to the age of 110. Verse 24, it says, this is Joseph speaking to his brothers. He says, soon I will die, but God will surely come to help you. And this is important. He will come to help you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. He will bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob. This is really important, guys, because They were living this incredible life in Egypt because of Joseph. And as we'll see in just a moment, they started to just grow and expand, and God was doing incredible things in their lives. But Joseph was reminding them, just because it's good right here, this isn't the land that God has promised us. God has promised us something more. And he's going to lead us out of this season into the things that he has promised us all the way back before we were around. That's, that's what Joseph is telling his brothers. Hey, don't forget Abraham. Don't forget what God promised him. We are, this isn't the end. This is just a part of the process, but God is leading us to something incredible. And so we see in the, the next book of the Bible in Exodus 1 and verse 6, it says, In time, Joseph and all of his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and they filled the land. Remember the promise that God gave to Abraham. He said, I will make you a great nation. You will outnumber the stars and you will just grow. Your family will grow and grow and grow and grow. And here's God fulfilling that. But verse 8 Eventually, a new, came, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. When this new leader came into the picture, he looked at the Israelites and he said, this is a problem. This is an issue. We're Egyptians. They're starting to outnumber us. This is getting crazy. They've got power and influence and we've got to do something about it. And so what happened in Egypt at the time is that they shifted this mentality completely and they began to put the Israelites into slavery. 
And for generation after generation after generation, they lived in slavery in Egypt. They went from blessing and prosperity to desperation and brokenness. Doesn't that sound familiar? We, just that quick, one leader changing, one situation changing in those blessings that were so amazing in Egypt turned out to lead to this moment of pain for generations. But God responded. At this point in the story, the, the famous Bible character Moses comes into the picture. And very similar to Joseph, he ends up having a, a, a connection with, with the Pharaoh at the time. And, and he, he lived in Pharaoh's palace. It's an incredible story that we'll cover another time. But at some point, as he was getting older, his heart started to break for his own people. The Israelite people were beaten and used and abused and in slavery and his heart broke. And one day his heart broke so much that he got angry and he actually killed an Egyptian person. And because of that, he had to run and flee into the desert and and he lived there for 40 years. And for 40 years, he's, he's just living life as a shepherd in the backside of the desert. And one day he sees a bush burning off in the distance and, and he goes to see what's, what's happening. Why the bush isn't burning up? Why is it on fire? What is going on here? And, and as he, he comes to it, God begins to speak to him from that bush. And as he speaks to him, he says, Moses, I've heard the cries of my people It's time for you to lead them out of Egypt to the promised land that I spoke of so long ago. And Moses is like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going. You you got the wrong guy. And God was like, no, 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 no. I am choosing you. You will lead my people. And look what, what Moses says to God in Exodus 3. Moses protested to God. He says, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And look what God answers him. This is going to sound really familiar to Joseph's story. I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. I am with you. I am with you. Just as, as we saw throughout the story of, of Joseph's life, God continually saying, I am with you, I am with you, I am with you. God was with him in the prison. God was with him in, in the palace. God was with him all over the place. And so if you fast forward, again, we're going through so much stuff here, but as, as you fast forward to the end of Moses' life, they get to the edge of the promised land. And Moses realizes because of some of his actions, he's not going to be able to go into the promised land. So God has been raising up this leader named Joshua. And as Joshua comes to the scene, he's been one of Moses's key leaders for for years now. And he's been a help of leading them through the wilderness and doing all these incredible things alongside of Moses. And God says, now it's your turn. And obviously Joshua is freaking out. Because at the beginning of the book of Joshua, you see the Lord telling him, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. Many of you have seen these verses all over social media the last couple weeks. And, and Joshua 1.9 is actually my life verse. I love it. It's one of my favorite verses of all time. It's been something that I have held on to in every season of my life. And it says this, 
This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God is with you. Here it is again in Joshua 1.9. This is, this is one of my favorite verses because it, it's cool that he's talking about be strong and courageous. I'm with you. But it's important when you understand the context because just, just me personally, I believe that in, in Joshua's life, he probably wouldn't be as freaked out if he was going to be leading the people still in the wilderness. Because that was familiar to him. He, he and Moses had been leading people all around for these 40 years in the desert. And he understood what that looked like. And they knew how to navigate the, the different like fighting. Oh, no, that's my camel. No, that's my camel. And they learned how to do all of those different things. And he would have been a lot more comfortable than what God said to him as he's standing on the edge of the promised land. And God says, I want you to step into the unknown and I want you to lead people. I think that was the part of the journey for Joshua that he said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That's unfamiliar. I I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to navigate that season. God, you want me to do what? And as I was thinking about our current situation in our world, I just felt like God was speaking to me. And he was saying, I'm asking you to lead into the unknown. And maybe it's because I have heard Frozen 2 a bajillion times over the last two weeks. Maybe that's a small part of it. But honestly, I believe that God is speaking to us and he's saying, hey, this season that you're navigating right now, this season that you're walking into, this season as a, as a, a body of believers, this season as followers of Jesus, this, this season that you're going into, it's completely uncertain and it's unknown and we don't know what it looks like on the other side of this. We don't know the repercussions for years to come of what is going to happen, happen in this, but God is asking us to lead. And because he's asking us to lead, he's promising us I will be with you. I will be with you everywhere you go, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. I am with you. See, God promises his proximity because Joshua's future is full of uncertainty, but he still expected him to be a leader. He still expected him to lead the way that he was created to lead, even though he had no clue what he was stepping into. And I believe that phrase throughout these stories, we see it in Joseph's life. We see it in Moses' life. We see it in Joshua's life. God saying over and over again, I am with you. Why is that so important? Why is that such a a valuable statement? Why does God keep saying it over and over and over again? And I believe the reason is because what could be more valuable than the God of all creation saying he personally wants to be with us? in our journey? What could be more valuable? What could be more essential? What could be of better use in our lives than having the God who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, who knows the end from the beginning, saying, hey, I care about you so much individually that I want to be a central piece of your life. If you let me, I want to be with you. I am right there in the trouble, in the pain, in the confusion, in the doubt, in the fear, in the joys, in the excitement, in the new beginnings, in every single one of those moments, God is saying, I am with you. 
if you will let me. We get to a point in the story as we fast forward to the end of Joshua's life. And we get to a really challenging moment, a challenging warning for us in this season. As we get to the the book of Judges, chapter 2, it says this in verse 7. And the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who outlived him. Those who had seen all the great things the Lord had done. So Israel stuck to this for a little while. But look at verse 10. After that, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and they served the images of Baal. This is, this is the key point here. Verse 12. So they abandoned the Lord. And as I read those verses, as I felt like God brought me to that, it, it was such a challenge for me, and, and I felt like it was a challenge for us as a church and us as followers of Jesus. Is it possible that in spite of all that God has done in your life, Is it possible that in spite of all the things he's brought you through, in spite of all of his faithfulness, in spite of all of his blessings, in spite of all of the good that's been in your life, in spite of all of the healing that he's helped you through, in spite of all of those things, is it possible that you and I, because of the pressures of life and the uncertainty ahead of us, would be willing to abandon the Lord? Would we be willing to just give up? And you're like, no, 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 there's no way I could do that. But just think about the Israelites. How is it possible that they could forget Joseph and his life and how his life and the things that he went through and how God was with him, how how could they forget about Joseph in the way that God used that to save them from that great famine and how they had blessings in their lives for years in, in Egypt? And, and how could they forget about how Moses brought them out of slavery and, and God parted the Red Sea and there was bread from heaven and there was, there was water out of rocks and there was fire and there's all these incredible moments that God had with them when Moses was leading them. How could they forget about Joshua and his stories as they went into this land? that God had promised them and they were facing giants and they were facing enemies that were so much greater than them, how they walked around the walls of Jericho and just singing songs and stomping around. The walls came crumbling down and, and God gave them great victory after victory after victory after victory. How could they forget and give up on God after all that? And I felt like the Lord reminded me You want to know how that happens? That happens when we believe in God, but we live as if he doesn't exist. We believe in God. We believe in in, in the church and what's happening. We believe that God's shown up in our life. We believe that God's done some cool things. We, We believe in all that. But when it comes to living our everyday life, he's not a part of it. He has no place. We believe in him and feel like it's a good thing that we should, if someone were to ask you, yeah, oh yeah, I believe in God. I I believe in Jesus. 
But do we live our lives as if he's at the center of it? Do we live our lives as if they're, our lives depended on him? Do we live our lives going, hey, God, you're with me? Think, think about it. Some of you may push back and go, there's no way. I, I, I wouldn't live my life that way. I couldn't do that. But think about it. How, how often do you and I make decisions in our lives without involving God? Well, so-and-so said this, and, and the news said this, and, and this is how we need to handle it, and that's what we're going to do. And, and you and I never pause to, to pray and say, hey, God, what do you think about this? How do you feel about this? How often is, is God even a part of your everyday conversations? Or is it about CNN and Fox News and Facebook and this story and that story? How, how often do we say, hey, God, man, thank you that you're with me. God, thank you that you're for me. God, thank you that you have purpose for me in this season. God, thank you that every bad thing that's happened, everything that meant to do harm, you have used it for good. God, thank you. How often do we look for a chance to lead in a world full of followers? I don't know about you, but all this, this food shortage stuff, it, it, it is just the absolute definition of following. Like, I was good up until a certain point this week, right? Like, you wanted to go hoard all the toilet paper, that's totally fine. I got a shower. I don't really get the whole thing with the toilet paper. The, the milk and eggs, okay, I, I, I struggled a little bit with the eggs. But we crossed a whole different line this week when I went to go get coffee creamer. I'm sorry. We don't have to use that much coffee creamer. It's just a splash. Why are we hoarding coffee, mate? This is just a completely different level of confusion. I was at Target, and I was like, hey, did I miss the creamer? She's like, oh, no, they've, they've been hoarding that for a week now. I'm like, for what? Like, are we going to run out of creamer? Anyways, that's just me and my issues and my own problems. But we live in a world of followers that are doing things, and we don't even know why we're doing it. Just everybody's doing it, so I guess we should do it. And God is calling us to be leaders. We love the idea of leading when we're leading through success, but the true test of our leadership is whether we can navigate chaos and trials and uncertainty and still lead with the confidence that God is with us. That is, that's what separates us as people. How often do we spread positivity and hope? and peace rather than negativity and blame. Everywhere around us is telling us how terrible things are. But our test as followers of Jesus, people who not only believe God exists, but people who believe God is at the center of our lives, we should be the positive peace-making leaders in this world. And you and I have that opportunity. So our challenge today, as we wrap up, if someone were to look at your life right now in this season, would they see someone who is living with this absolute confidence that God was with them and had a purpose for them in this season? Or would they look at our lives and see someone who believes God exists, but lives as if he didn't? If someone were to look through the cameras into our homes, into our conversations, 
into our hearts, into our minds. If they were to see the true depth of us right now, would they find someone who is absolutely confident that God was with us and had a purpose in this season? Or would they find someone who, in the pretty good times, they leaned on God? But when all chaos broke loose, we abandoned him. It's not easy. It doesn't mean we won't have doubts. It doesn't mean we won't have fears. It doesn't mean we won't have moments where we're ready to give up. But faith is those small steps of obedience in the midst of uncertainty. Are you going to live a life that proves to everyone around you that you believe God is with you? Let's pray together. Father God, in this season of uncertainty, it, it would be so easy for us to just give up. In this season of fear, in this season of confusion, it would be so easy for us to say, you know what, I, I just got to take care of myself. But God, I thank you that you have a plan and you have a purpose in every challenge we face. I thank you that you are with us when we feel like no one else is. God, I thank you in those those lonely moments, those confusing moments, and those, those feelings of isolation and not being able to connect with other people, and those seasons where our patience is tested beyond what we thought they could even handle. God, in those moments when our finances are worse than we could ever possibly imagine, and the, the, the picture of the future is so unclear, it's blurrier than it's ever been. God, I thank you in those seasons. That is when you show up the strongest. And that, God, our hope and our strength can be found in you because the God of all creation, the God who knows the beginning from the end, the God who was with Joseph, the God who was with Moses, the God who was with Joshua, the God who was before Israel when they were ready to abandon you, God, you were still there with them. And you are still with us now, even in the uncertainty, even in the confusion. God, you are with us. So Lord, I pray right now that you would give us the ability to live with the confidence that you are there and help us take those small steps of obedience to get closer to our purpose, to get closer to what you were calling us to be, to, to get a little bit closer to who you created us to be. And Lord, I pray for those people who maybe they've been on the edge of, of whether or not they wanna put their trust and their hope in you. God, I pray that in this season that you would give them the courage to take that step, to make you the leader of their life, to surrender everything to you, to realize that, man, the world can change on a dime, but we can stand on the rock that is you. Lord, I pray in this season that we'd hear from you clearer than ever before, that our faith would be strengthened couldn't even imagine that we'd step into the unknown with the confidence that you are with us. God, let us be leaders. Let us be peacemakers. Let us be people who lean into you 
when we're weak. We love you, Jesus. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.